maybe a marriage relationship. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Mariko, for individuals who have tried working on Upwork but have been unable to get a job, they've not been able to secure a job and now they are considering giving up. I know you've advised mm -hmm. us about how to get first jobs but now these ones that are trying to give up, like they, have, they felt like oh, it's like this Upwork thing is not my thing. Um, what advice do you have for them? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Freelance Spotlight. I'm your host, Sunday Abegunde, and in today's episode, who is in the spotlight? We have the privilege of diving into the world of freelancing with the incredible Mariko Barra. Mariko is an accomplished designer, author, and upwork coach, bringing over 10 years of experience on the platform. Get ready to uncover the secret to success on Upwork as Mariko shares a practical tips, strategies, and inspiring stories. Let's jump into this engaging conversation with Mariko Barra on the Freelance Spotlight. Welcome, Mariko Barra. Thank you so much, Sunday, for the great introduction, and I'm really excited to talk with you. Thank you, Mariko. Before we dive into the world of freelancing, I would love to know what initially drew you to the gig economy and Upwork in particular. Could you share a bit about your journey and what inspired you to embark on this path? Well, I was actually looking for opportunities to work from home so that I can, could combine it with other activities and just have my own schedule and look for the projects that I love. I was originally looking for projects in my local town. Someday I was looking up information about the, a problem I had with some HTML I was looking into. And one of the search results was a job description for a job on Elance, which is actually a platform that existed before Upwork. Later on, it merged with Odesk to become Upwork. So I didn't even know there were such platforms to find clients. So it was a coincidence. I got onto the platform and that job description that I found in the search results, I actually did apply for that job and I got it. So that was the start of me going on what later became Upwork. Wow, interesting, interesting. Did you leave your nine to five for full-time freelancing or you do freelancing on a part-time basis? I do freelancing on a part-time basis, but I don't have a nine to five job either. So freelancing is all I do. <laughs> wow, amazing. So you are more or less a full-time freelancer right about now? Yeah, I, I do it half-time because I have other activities I like to do and volunteer work, but it's my main source of income. Let's say it like that. Okay, amazing, amazing. So to our audience, to our listener on Apple Music, to our audience on YouTube, thank you for joining us. So Mariko is from Belgium and I am from Nigeria. Let us know where you are watching from. Comment and connect with other freelancers from around the world in the comment section. Share your location, at least your country, and be part of this conversation, be part of this community. So to the first question we have for Mariko Barra. Mariko, having worked on freelance platforms since the days of Odesk and witnessing the transition to Upwork. Could you share your experience as a freelancer on Odesk compared to the notable changes and improvements you have observed on Upwork? That means like the change in the platform itself. Like were there some things that used to exist, some features that you used to have on Odesk that are no longer on Upwork or it is exactly the same way it was and just transitioned to Upwork? 
It's an interesting question. Like you say, it used to be Odes. Uh, there was also Elans and they came together to form Upwork. I have never used Odes. I used Elans, so I can't say much about Odesk. But Elans, it's also been several years, so I don't really remember all the features. I do remember that I was worried when they announced that it was going to be a different platform and things were going to change. Obviously, if it would happen now, if Upwork would announce they merge with some other company, we would be worried too. Like Fiverr. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for example. So it would be like... I, would, I would love to. I would love to see that app. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, so I was worried, like many freelancers, about this transition to new platform or different platform. But what really helped me, like, calm me down, is that they said all the testimonials that we had on the previous platform on Elens that they were going to transfer it to Upwork and also with the job title. So that was a, a big relief because obviously features change and they keep changing. It, it happens now too, but the main thing, the things that we have built, our reputation that we can show with the testimonials, I think that's the most important thing. And I was glad that they transferred it. So I'm fine. That's the main thing I remember because we can be happy or not happy about certain features, but it's outside our, our control. So we can only adapt and make sure that our reputation is fine. For example, with the testimonials and the portfolio. So I always focus on that and the features. It is what it is. Amazing. And if you're enjoying this conversation, please don't forget to give the like button a high five. Okay, so... Talking about the changes recently made on Upwork with their badges, which received mixed reactions from freelancers. What are your thoughts on the changes, especially regarding the top rated plus badge color transition from pink to blue? How do you believe these badges changes can impact freelancers perception and opportunities? Well, yeah, it's a very <laughs> recent change. I was looking at it today and yeah, they changed the color. Like previously there was a blue and a pink badge and now the colors are inverted. So it is a little bit confusing. And on the, our profiles, the top rated plus badge is now blue. But in the search result, it still shows up like previously pink. So, okay, it is confusing, but maybe... <laughs> In, in a short while it will change again maybe the budgets are in vital stage maybe they are just testing it i don't know but i know upwork when they make changes like that they seldom revert back to the format and they look for ways to make the new one work i think probably mm -hmm. it might grow on us yeah and i think well i'm not too worried about what do they look like um i do believe that having the badges there that it does help us as freelancers to stand out and it shows clients yeah that we have achieved a lot of things already that we have worked with past clients that we have a certain status uh it also shows with the job success score so i'm not too worried about the colors i think just about showing yeah, the functionality, the perks that come yeah, with the badge. Exactly. That means we will still enjoy the perks that come with the badge, and yeah. that is the most important exactly. thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For example, like um, this week I had a client who gave me a bad mm -hmm. review. I think a three star or two point five star. I had worked with this client in 2021. The last comment the client gave me was, "This work is mm -hmm. perfect," and the client ghosted me, gave me a very positive feedback, like text form, like in the message form. Then I think Upwork notify the client to close the contract or something. So I just know the client closed the contract this week. That was after like two years and gave me a bad review. Oh. And I knew it does not reflect the work I did for
for the client. Mm. One of my perks as a top rated plus is that I can remove a bad review. So I did that for that review. So it does not affect my profile. So I think um, going by Mariko Barra's word, the features, the perks mm -hmm. of the badges are more important than the color. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> Okay, as an Upwork coach with over 10 years experience on the platform, what are some common mistakes you see freelancers making when trying to secure their first job and how can they overcome these obstacles in securing their chances of success? I think it's very tempting to focus too much on yourself as a freelancer. When you're trying to get that first job, obviously you want it and maybe after a while you even get desperate. So you really want to prove that you're the best person to do it. And that's when people start talking about themselves way too much. So it's, it helps much more starting to talk about what the client really needs instead of like trying to say, I have this experience or I can work with such and such and such software and all the time talking about ourselves. I've also seen in some profiles that people add testimonials from previous clients, which is great, obviously, but then there is no name. It's just something supposedly a client said, and yeah, it's easy to make that up too. So it doesn't create much trust if there is no name next to that testimonial or sometimes a portfolio that's a bit weak. It's hard to get the first job when the profile itself is weak. So that's going to be difficult one Okay, so I love the fact that you mentioned that the freelancer should have a strong profile as this would help you to get your first job. And then I love this unique idea of incorporating testimonials from past clients into our proposals. The amazing thing is that Upwork has a provision for a place on your profile where you can add testimonials of people, even clients you've worked with outside of Upwork that they can add their testimonial to it. And that is linked to their external platform like LinkedIn. The LinkedIn is believed to be a platform that can authenticate you as a professional because they have good training measures like of screening out the, the chaff from the weeds. Exactly. So I love that. Yeah. Then talking about making your proposal unique with adding the feedback, you can add one or two feedback from past mm -hmm. similar clients to your current proposal for the job you are applying for. Then like Mariko Barra said, ensure you add the names. Don't just add the testimonial. So the prospective clients is not thinking you just made up the names and um, it makes them skeptical about you. Then it's very good. I, I actually love this idea of adding your testimonial to your proposal because not many freelancers do it. And if you're thinking that, oh, the client is going to go to my profile and check the reviews, sometimes some of these clients don't even know how to navigate their ways around Upwork very well. So they are depending on you as a freelancer to lead them. And even if you are not leading them through all of Upwork, lead them to get the right information from you so that they can hire you and not that other freelancer. Thank exactly. you, Mariko Yeah, I, I agree. It's, um, it's all about we have to make the client's job easier. We can't expect them to go through our whole profile. We can guide them, like you said, and uh, we can even like combine the testimonial with the actual work. Like if it was a website, we can put a link to the website and say, what did we do for the website? And this is um, what the client said about it. That makes it very powerful because the work and the testimonial, so that creates a lot of um, authority. 
Wow, I love that. Another another big one there. Like, okay, so just so we don't stay too long on the podcast, I really love that. I would have loved us to discuss. We'll come back to that if we have the leisure of time. So building a sustainable and consistent income as a freelancer is a vital thing many freelancers seek. So what advice do you have for freelancers who have had success securing their first job, but they are struggling to secure long-term retainer jobs or mm-hmm. high-paying clients on Upwork? We have people who have top retainer badge top rated plus badges but they are not getting sufficient inflow of jobs what advice do you have for such people well i always believe that uh we can learn from each client like we can take courses but the client it's where we learn the most from especially if we ask them they will tell us what they liked about our work or what wasn't what they liked or we can even i even did that and like at the end of the job, I asked the client, now that you know everything that I did, what do you think about the price that you paid? Was it worth it? Was it worth more? And the client actually said, yeah, it was worth much more. And that also gave me confidence for bidding higher on similar projects. So yeah, I always think that learning from clients is great. Sometimes they also tell you, like previously I worked with another freelancer and I didn't like that he or she did certain things so that is a great way to learn for us i always think oh okay if they didn't like that then i shouldn't do that either so there's lots of little details we can learn from each client and then um always going for the highest quality that we can deliver having good communication with our clients like not waiting for the clients to write us an email asking how is the project going and they shouldn't be rushing us it should be other way around like we should be the ones to send them our updates making them feel relaxed about everything so i think those are small things we can do for extra satisfaction and then it's very likely that a big percentage of those clients come back for more work and that is how we can have more success when the same clients come back it's much easier than finding new clients all the time Yes, I, I love that. I love that. Um, then I think we are having a discussion sometimes ago, and then you told me about that clients who work with you the first time have a tendency for needing that same service again. Yeah, exactly. It's rarely a, a one-time thing, right? So if they are yes. happy with how you did it, why would they go anywhere else? So we just have to make sure they're 100% happy and they will come back with the same job. Or sometimes after a while, if they start trusting you, they can ask you for other tasks as well because they already have this connection with you. They trust you. And that is the wonderful thing that it even gives you an opportunity to learn new skills by doing more work for the same clients. So retainer client is the secret of even most top-rated freelancers, most expert-rated freelancers. It's not that they have a hundred high-paying clients so like when you get a regular client okay i discussed that in a video i'm presently making about how to increase your fee on upwork and i'm going to tag that video at the end of this particular video when it's out so when you work with a client for example the client is giving you a 50 dollar job in the client's mind the client wants you to do that 50 dollar writing job and then the right says au revoir or bye bye or bonjour or danke so 
the client wants to go after giving you a $50 job. So you are the one who would propose to the client saying, okay, if the client comes back for the same project, we'll do the third project for free. You are incentivizing the client. Another way you can incentivize the client from being a normal client to becoming a retainer client is you, you can offer a package. Mm -hmm. For example, once the client sends you an offer of a $50 job, you can tell the client, oh, this is nice, but if you won't mind, I would do 10 of these for just $400. So 10 of that is supposed to be $500, but now you are offering to do it for $400. So the client is going to see that they are saving $100, but in the real sense, you are making $400 instead of making just $50. And by doing that, you are making more money. And hopefully the client keeps coming back that way because like Mariko Barrow once told me, the client would likely keep needing that service, at least at sporadic interval or even presently. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, great idea too <laughs> about packages. Exactly. Yeah, once we have been working for a while with a client and we know a bit more about their business, it's also easier for us. We could suggest something like we've noticed such and such could be improved as well. So we can be like take initiative with that. We don't have to wait for them to come ask us. Yeah, I love that because the truth is there are some services that the client needs that they don't even know they need. Exactly. Thanks for joining us in this conversation. Don't forget to comment in this session what year you joined Upwork. I love the fact that Mariko Bira told us that she joined Upwork when Upwork was still Elance. I was not with Elance or Udes. She's a senior colleague by the years. Okay, so now let's talk about your book, Mariko. Your book, You Can Stand Out on Upwork. The book emphasizes the importance of distinguishing yourself from the crowd on Upwork. Yes, some people would even argue that Upwork is oversaturated. So can you share specific strategies or techniques that freelancers can use to really stand out on Upwork and capture the attention of prospective clients? Well, there is several things that we can do as freelancers. Obviously, there is the part of our proposal. Uh, the book is mainly about that, about how to write a good proposal, how to address the client and how to focus it really on their needs and not so much, um, I have that many years of experience and I've read the job description and um, I can work with such and such software, but imagining what it's like for the client, what do they really need, find a way to really be aligned with them so they can see that we get them and that we understand them and it's also a lot about don't just say it don't just say i'm the perfect person for the job but show it oh. it's about showing that value it can be by for example mentioning our process like step one is going to be that then we do step two step three and it's for a client like okay it's easy to understand and it shows that this person knows exactly what has to be done so that is one strategy wow <laughs> i love this yeah, this is fantastic. This is so fantastic. I love the concept of show it. Don't just say it. Don't just have a very long um, proposal. I'm not saying long proposals don't work for some people, provided you have the details to impute. But remember that clients don't have all the time in the world to spend on your own proposal. The client will still reveal maybe 50 other proposals or 20 other proposals. You want to capture the client's attention mm -hmm. in the least possible words. So um, I love the fact that Mariko is telling us to show it. And she mentioned something about being personal 
with the client. This is important. Don't spend all time talking about yourself. I have 19 <laughs> years experience in blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I have 22 years. Yes, we know that is that is important, but it is minor. The major part of your proposal should be talking about the clients, the solution you can offer. Okay, I have checked your website. I observed that there are some typos on the landing page. I can help you correct that. I saw that the design, the color is not consistent on your website. I can help you correct that. Oh, you might need a video spokesperson to ensure that the sales of your products goes faster. Like you want to suggest things to prove to the client that you are an expert without even saying that I am an yeah. expert in blah, blah, blah. You are already showing it in the way you present yourself in the proposal. I love that, Mari Kubara. Yeah, and I love how you said it. Like, we don't have to say I am an expert. They will see it by our approach. So that is, again, just show it. It's better than empty words, right? Yes. And something that can help us be really expert is also to find our niche. Like instead of, because I see many freelancers who they say maybe oh, I'm a virtual assistant or I'm a designer, but then what specifically do you design? It's really for a specific industry or a specific style. It's much easier for a client also to see, oh, this one stands out because this is exactly the industry I am in. So obviously it's easier to trust that person. It's a way also for us to be more expert expert, more confident because working with the same sort of clients multiple times, it gives us much more insights into that industry or like what do those clients need. So it's going to be easier to be aligned with them. So it's, of course, it doesn't happen in one day, but we can work towards that. And in the end, we can stand out. <laughs> I love that. It's a gradual process. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so please, our viewers, you can join the thriving community of freelancers on WhatsApp. It's 100% free. And I hope Mariko Bira will send us a link to our book. We might be able to share it in the community for those of you who will be interested in reading Mariko Bira's book. The book is amazing. The book is amazing. You can check out some extract of it on our LinkedIn page. She is very active on LinkedIn. You can even follow Mariko Bira. She shares some important tips regularly so you can look that up yeah great i would love to connect with anybody who's interested who has a question uh looking forward to getting to know you okay so back to the questions mariko barra so researching the client and the project before submitting a proposal sometimes is very essential mm -hmm. so what are some specific steps that you think freelancers should take to gather information and tailor their proposals accordingly Okay, a first step is like trying to find out their name because usually it's not in the job description and we just can't see it. But then if we scroll down and we, sometimes in the testimonials or the reviews, other freelancers give that client, we can find the name. And then if we use that name, of, of course, that is um, touch makes it a little bit more personal. Some clients share their website or some information in the job description that helps us to figure out who they are. So then definitely look into that because if they give that information, make use of it it helps to personalize the our proposal many don't give the information i usually just choose the job descriptions where there is sufficient information because i really believe in the personal approach and if i can find them on linkedin for example 
then after sending my proposal, I also sent them a connection request on LinkedIn, not to take the job out of outside Upwork, obviously, because that's not uh, the point, but just to let them know, hey, I applied for a job on Upwork, seems really interesting. I thought it would be nice to connect here too, so you, we can get to know each other. And of course, it makes it much more likely that they will actually open uh, that proposal. So yeah, that has worked very well. They would even look out for your own specific proposal. Yeah, exactly, because... I love that idea. I don't know how, how many are going to connect with the client. Maybe only one or two of those who applied. So obviously, it's also a way to stand out. It's oh, it's going to make them cool. remember you. So, yeah. I love this idea. So adding to this idea you've shared is that like you can share the link to your profile with the clients when you message the person mm -hmm. outside of Upwork that way such that they can just click on the link, land on your profile. Then if you are pleased with what they see on your profile, they can just hire you straight up since they already have a form of reference for you. Maybe by the fact that you reached out to them, maybe on LinkedIn. Then even if you are reaching out to them on LinkedIn, your LinkedIn profile also has to be good. And uh, because that means you're having your first yeah. impression <laughs> created at that point. I love that. Exactly. But it helps a lot because our upper profile is all about the sort of work we do. But our LinkedIn profile also showed what sort of personality we have, how we engage with other people, what our interests are. So if it's a good profile, it will definitely also help to create some trust uh, with the client. Wow, lovely. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so can you share your personal experience, strategies, and reactions when you got your first job on Upwork? You know, like breaking the ice of getting the first job on Upwork, then like you said, on Elance, what was your reaction when you got the first job? What realities were attached to you getting that first job? You know, there's this guy, Adam Palmer, who would have him on the freelance spotlight, um, the author of Upwork Saved My Life. Um, You can see, like, his branding on, on Twitter is Upwork saved my life. I really love that. So, <laughs> I think that tells a story about his first job on Upwork or his subsequent job. So, um, can you tell us some insight into your first proposals or at least realities around your first job? Okay, yeah. I It's been a long time so and I don't have the proposal anymore because it was an e-lance and yeah, the proposal is gone. But obviously, one remembers the first job. So, it was yeah, somebody who worked at the university and needed a PowerPoint converted into different format and it was my first time but I thought okay I can relate to that person uh, because yeah if they teach at the university then it has to be really high quality it cannot have any errors or mistakes because yeah it has to be super professional for them so I just talked about that and I also studied at university I studied such and such and I know how important this is for you and I care a lot about all the details double checking everything and it seemed that was a way for us to connect and yeah I got that job and I kept doing that I always try to find something that I have in common with the client something that connects us sometimes it's a compliment or like there was one who said on his website after researching a bit said he's a lifelong learner and then I said hey I'm that's so cool I'm a lifelong learner too I'm learning at the moment I'm learning this skill and it just makes it easier because it's instead of it being client and freelancer it's like hey we're doing a similar thing some connection that we establish so that's how it started and luckily for me that same first client needed the same task several times and every time he opened a new job for it at the time i didn't even think of it but afterwards i understood that it was an advantage because the more <laughs> different jobs you have and each time with the feedback 
it obviously it helps. So I could use the feedback from just that one client to get many other clients. So um, yeah, that's, that's lovely. So, so my takeaway points from that is um, we should find a nexus between us and the clients even before the contract mm -hmm. started. And when the contract starts also, you can always find a nexus. I think I've shared on this channel my story of how I observed the client was a Christian and um, she wants to design a Christian book cover. And as in, like she has it all over her that she's a Christian, even if you, the way she writes. So I saw that as a nexus to connect with that client. And I did that opening my proposal with cavalry greetings. I don't mix religion with professionalism, but then I needed to do that. I love Mariko Barra's <laughs> idea. Like, I think that's very wonderful. Fantastic. Great. And I'm happy to see that this personal connection, it worked for you too. It also shows that we are interested in them, that it's not just, ah, I read the job description. Yes, I can help you. Let's get started. But we go deeper than that. We actually care about what they do. So yeah, obviously they will appreciate that too. Yeah, like that's lovely. Creating a friendship with the clients. I love that. To our audience out there, are you feeling motivated and inspired by Mariko Barra? Show your support by giving that like button a lovely tap. Thank you. Okay, so could you tell us, Marikubara, about the highest single contract you have secured on Upwork or Elance and share your experience with using Upwork as a client yourself um, versus as a freelancer, if you've had that experience? Okay. Yeah, I've had that experience. First to the first part, like the highest single contract, it's a bit difficult to say because some people, yeah, it's different contracts. So sharing a specific amount is a bit hard, but I can say that I guess like many freelancers when they start, I was very insecure about how much to charge. So when I started, it was like $200 websites or $300 websites that I set up and now it's instead of a couple of hundred dollars it's a couple of thousand dollars so yeah and it's not harder to find those clients than when i did the 200 dollar websites it's just different sort of clients so i just think that it's nice that everything is possible you just have to find the right way to connect with those clients to find them so i hope that gives a bit of courage also to those who are starting and thinking about how much to charge we can grow in that and I'm still growing in that too. Then you asked about experience using it as a client. Yeah, I've used Upwork as a client too. Not a lot, but recently when I was writing my book, I needed an editor. So I thought, of course, I'm going to look for an editor in Upwork. And I didn't put out a job. I just looked through the editors and looked at the testimonials and their profiles. And I just picked one, sent them an invite. No, first I chatted and then I invited him for uh, the project. And it was great. It was absolutely great. What I loved is that, yeah, it was a profile with lots of testimonials. And what, what the other client said about the freelancer, it was really helpful. And they said some very specific things that I was looking for. I thought, okay, this is this is the guy I need for my book. So I think that just shows how important those testimonials are in our profile. It's very convincing. And because he didn't even have to convince me. He didn't write me a proposal or anything. It was just from his profile that I chose him. And so, he said, do you want to do it? Yes. Okay, let's do it. So so that calls our attention once again to having a strong profile. Because you don't know who mm -hmm. is checking your profile. So if your profile is not really good, you will not be getting job invitations. Like Mariko Berra had to invite some freelancers to work with her. I love that. 
I'm talking about confidence. So overcoming self-doubt and building confidence are essential for freelancers. How can freelancers develop and maintain a confident mindset in the face of challenges, rejection, and competition? Confidence to charge well, like you just mentioned, while taking meaningful actions to progress in their freelance career. Yeah, it's a big thing, right? With uh, self-confidence. Well, one important thing is not comparing ourselves with others because we are all different and even if we're offering a similar service still we have our own approaches or our own style so i think it's important not to let us discourage by maybe what we see from others or think we do less always upskilling i think that's very helpful i very much believe in like taking courses i still take courses regularly and something that helps me a lot to gain more confidence is whenever i follow a course and it's really something that i want to apply then i participate in in the there's always a class project or a task that you can do and send to the instructor and get feedback and that helps me a lot to get more confidence because then I know it's somebody who is better at me better than me at that skill and I can learn from their personal feedback I can even use that class project what I did in my own portfolio so yeah I think that is one important thing that we can do to get more confidence and be able to give more value to our clients. Wow, that's lovely. That's lovely. You know, this answers a question of many new freelancers on Upwork who say things like, I am not confident because I don't have a portfolio. If you take trainings, maybe like when you're taking your training, doing the course, um, probably like a paid course, whether an online course. I remember taking a digital marketing course and I had to go a customer personnel for an arbitrary company, like a company that doesn't exist. But then I just had to like do the marketing, do the strategies, draw everything out. You can submit that as a portfolio or as a work you've done before. That is actually going to boost your confidence that you have something you've done before. I love that, Mariko Barra. Exactly. Great. And then over time, obviously, you can replace those items with work you've done for real clients that were not just projects in the core. I think it's important to always keep our portfolio up to date because we keep learning. Sometimes I see portfolio and, and the person, they do amazing work but then looking at their portfolio it's nothing like the work they are doing now so yeah it's sad yeah, because... I think some of us are just too lazy to review our portfolios maybe <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, it's worth I, it to keep it up to date. <laughs> yeah, ideally freelancers should revisit mm -hmm. their portfolio at least maybe like every six months or three months. You know, I'm guilty of that myself. My present portfolio does not reflect my in my present mm -hmm. skill level. My present portfolio is maybe like a year backwards. <laughs> Do you get like some of my current <laughs> jobs that are even way more amazing? Maybe like after I've taken some courses, mm -hmm. they are not on my portfolio. But I think I'm still leveraging the fact that I still get jobs and then I have some retainer clients but then ideally I'm supposed to renew my portfolio every six months now that I've mentioned it I would yeah. I would I would try <laughs> to do it so I would stop feeling guilty <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So if, if you're watching us right now or you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon, if you're feeling the urge to hit the like button, please don't resist that temptation. Give it a tap. <laughs> okay, so what is your present Upwork badge, Mariko Barra? And what advice do you have for new freelancers aspiring to achieve that similar status? Okay, yeah. I, at the moment, I have the top rated badge, not the top rated plus. It depends on your earnings and yeah 
the last months I haven't been that active on Upwork actually because I had clients outside of Upwork but I'm glad to be top rated obviously it yeah just having that those words on your profile it stands for something it means something I also care a lot about the job success score which is 100% at the moment wow. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, mine is presently so, um, 98. <laughs> wow, that is amazing too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it is really important like to keep it close to 100% because it's it shows your quality, right? So I think in order to get that, I, I really believe in always, always deliver the best quality that we can. And something that helps do that is truly listening to our clients, what they need. Over time, I've learned to do more video calls with clients because in the past I just did emails and it worked also but I've noticed that when I get on a call with the client it's much easier to understand them to, to figure out the right approach or to expand <laughs> the scope of the job so yeah getting on wow. the call seeing them face to face it definitely helped to get a higher success score and uh, yeah top rated batch because we can understand better what they need right? yeah I love that you know the amazing thing about my conversation now with Mario Kumbara is that I can see an attachment, like I can see um, like a chain of thoughts from, from our first question down to this one. Everything still hinge on the fact that you should personalize your relationship with the client and try to be as um, friendly or as personal with the client. I don't know, um, you can make of personal what you would, but then like try to get closer with the client, try to get off that client freelancer relationship. You want to create a different relationship with a client, whether if kind of friendship relationship, a brethren relation i don't know whatever kind of relationship you want to create with a client maybe a marriage relationship <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> but just try to yeah, create like um, an attachment with the client and something like video that marie kubara just mentioned is a very important one because a picture is said to be worth a thousand words how much more a video that's a billion words <laughs> so if you can so i i used to say something like my proposals are not targeted at making the claim not my call to action for my proposals depending on what i see on the description my call to action is not i am me it's not let's get started on the work my call to action sometimes is let's jump on a video call or check out this mm -hmm. loom video i just created so those things are things that not every freelancer will do most freelancers are appearing desperate to their clients by saying give me the job give me the job give me the job and that is exactly why they are not getting the job with some clients Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, you talked about what kind of relationships we can have. I really like to get to the point where we can be partners and not just like where the client is the boss and tells me what to do. Be because that was what I was like in the past. They just say, I need such and such and such and a list of tasks and I would do them and that's it. But now it's more like being partners and being able to advise them instead of just following a list of tasks. And it's yeah, much more fun and yeah, much more rewarding. So the calls help to do that also. Love that. So um, you are not just the client robots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Now, like to the last question. <laughs> um, if you're still with us till this point in time, man, I'm clapping for you. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Mariko. For individuals who have tried working on Upwork but have been unable to get a job, they've not been able to secure a job, and now they are considering 
giving up. I know you've advised mm-hmm. us about how to get first jobs, but now these those that are trying to give up, like they, have, they felt like uh, it's like this upwork thing is not my thing. Um, what advice or encouragement do you have for them? Yeah, it can be super frustrating. And some people would advise is like you just have to keep trying and eventually you'll get there yeah obviously it's like keep trying but it's also like how do you try because you can be trying the wrong way or repeating the same mistakes over and over and then it doesn't matter if you keep applying a hundred times it's yeah it's not gonna work so it's great that nowadays there are all these resources to learn about what we can do and of course everybody has their own way there's not just like one right way and everything else is wrong but Yeah, there's many people sharing good tips, like Sunday is sharing so many good tips on his YouTube channel. So that is something that can help. Yeah, we already talked about my book that can help. So I think it's not just about trying. It's first you need to get some good advice and then you can work with that. Find your way. Sometimes it helps to talk with somebody also. It could be a coach or it could be another freelancer or even a friend. When you feel like giving up, it helps to share it with somebody. And especially if it's somebody who can hold you accountable, like you can set the goal and they can check in with you. That is how you can keep your energy high. Yeah, those are a couple of things that uh, that might help. I love that. We have added from Mariko Barra now that it's important that you keep trying. So I think I got my first job within my first two weeks or thereabouts, as I think in less than a week. So I did not even know it used to be very difficult for people to get their first job. I did not know. Then there are people who got their first job after six months. I know somebody who is presently 500k. He has earned over $500,000 on Upwork. Um, I'm having a positive discussion with him to bring him to the freelance spotlight. And before he got his first job it was after maybe like the fifth month he was sending out proposals he was doing everything he knows how to do and he was still not getting that job so what if he had stopped after four months of sending out proposals and not getting job he would not be a 500k plus earner today so keep trying keep doing your best don't give up it will all pay off in the long run and you would forget by the time you get the job that there was a time you didn't get it exactly yeah <laughs> It's worth the effort, totally. And it's worth experimenting too with different methods, seeing what works best for you and the, the type of clients you, you'd like to work with because it all depends on your own personality yeah. too. Yeah, then I have some tips on how to jumpstart your account just in case. Like, you know, there are two things. It's This does not even only apply to Upwork. It's a personal principle of mine. In this life, Alan, when you want to get something, there is the exogenous factor and then there is the endogenous factor. The exogenous factor factors are the factors that you have no power over. For example, the client might prefer to work with an African. The client might prefer to work with someone from Belgium like Mariko Barra. There is nothing you can do about that if you are from America or if you are from Germany. Mm. But the endogenous factors are the things like you ensuring your proposal is on point and tailored for each client, ensuring you have a strong profile and stuff like that. So if you do that, you have done your own part. But the endogenous factor, so you might still not get the job in your first week, second week. That's more reason why you need to keep trying. Okay, so a special thank you to Mariko Barra for joining us today and sharing our invaluable expertise on Upwork. Our insights have provided 
tremendous value to our audience on Spotify, on Apple Music, on YouTube, yeah. And um, thanks to our incredible audience, especially if you are still watching till now. Let me see a keyword you can type, whether I can review your Oppo profile for free. I'll do that for two people. I don't even collect money because like my time is too valuable. I, mean, I have a lot of things calling for my time. So I don't even collect money to review. I would not do that. So even if you want to pay me, I don't. But now I'll do it for two people. If you're watching till this point in time, comment. What keyword should we use, Mariko? Yeah, or collaboration <laughs> or something like that. The word collaboration. <laughs> so the first two people to comment the word collaboration, I'll reach out to you and get a way to get your Upwork link so I can review it for you. Okay, so thank you very so much. Cool. We have come to the end of the show. So keep pursuing your freelance dream and never give up. Remember to subscribe and follow us on the Freelance Spotlight. So we'll keep bringing amazing people like Mariko Barra. And if you want to share your story about on Upwork, if you think you have a notable story to share with us on this platform, you can reach out to me or even let me know in the comment section. I will check you out. Thank you very much, Mariko Barra, once again. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. Real pleasure. And I hope... <laughs> Lots of people comment collaboration because that's what it's all about, right? Those great collaborations. <laughs>